0: This is Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks, where a spirit board conversation sparked our spiritual evolution. I'm Shale. And I'm Cheyenne. And each week, we explore a world where there is much more than meets the eye. So
1: pour yourself a drink and join us as we cheers to a witch in good time. Good evening, my dear. What are you drinking tonight? Good
0: evening, so I think on this last episode we did together, I talked about how I was doing this like 21-day empower thing for rounding out the end of the year on a healthy note. And part of the requirements of that were to get like 90 minutes of movement in 30 of those that are supposed to be outside, which I have not done that because it's cold outside and I'm a pansy. Um, and then the other things were like, in addition to, you know, eating whole foods, healthy, balanced meals was to not have alcohol (laughs) for 21 (laughs) days. And, uh, I didn't make it (laughs) partially. I blame this podcast (laughs) because how can we not have a Ouija boards and midnight marks podcast without. Some sort of margarita or alcohol or something like that. Um, so shout out to Rowan from the podcast season of the witch with Rowan Oaken because he totally called me out on this and was like, "Hey, you know, are you going to be able to do that with <laughs> with the title? Should you just call it, you know, uh, Ouija boards and afternoon tea time?" And I was like, "Man, you're right. That just doesn't have the same ring to it." <laughs> So I'll, I'll blame him too, <laughs> but just saying, if you haven't checked out his podcast, it is freaking phenomenal. He is hysterical, so much fun, but yes, he, and at that point I tried to play it off. Like I had made it a lot longer, but I definitely did it. So Rowan, if you listen to this, I was totally calling up or you were calling my bluff way earlier than you realized,
1: <laughs> but, but also like Cheers. To our fellow podcasting witches for holding us accountable, mm-hmm. too. Like, we need those people in our Heck life. yeah, we do. <laughs> but also, let me live and no judgment. And I'm pretty sure if you fulfilled the other 80% of those requirements, you can you can have a drink tonight. So what is that drink? Are you drinking?
0: Yes, I am. And so you're totally right. 2020 is the year of 80% accomplishments. So, <laughs> <laughs> take that as your mantra for the end of the year. but so my sweet little husband actually made me my drink tonight. What? And so as I was getting set up to record tonight, he made me a classic margarita blended with salt on the rim, but it's so funny because we just got a whole bunch of antique <laughs> dishware from his grandparents that his parents brought down for for us last time they were in town and they're so cute. They're just all these vintage looking, I mean, like tea sets and plates and all these things. And so he put it, I don't know why, but he decided to put my margarita in this little fancy teacup. And I just feel like a classy bee, but I'm also like mesmerized by the adorableness of it.
1: (laughs) That's so stinking cute. You sent me a picture of it and it's adorable. We should definitely post another one. My only qualm with teacup margaritas is that teacups are very small. They are.
0: Especially vintage ones.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's funny.
0: And also, I don't know if this is a teacup thing, but this margarita is like melting from the outside in. So like, (laughs) it's super annoying to drink right now because it's all liquid all the way around. But there's like this ice chunk in the middle that keeps like smacking me in the face every time I go to drink it. (laughs) So all aboard the struggle bus. Choo-choo. Here we go tonight.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. I will take your tickets on that bus and we'll hope that somebody else is driving the train. Yeah. Oh, I turned it into a train. So that's where my brain is. oh and you're rhyming. You're just like you you're keep going. Keep...
0: You're you're spitting
1: rhyme. Like, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even keep the analogy good in the same <laughs> sentence.
0: Oh okay. So well. what are you drinking? I
1: worked today at my day job, and realized that I didn't have any alcohol in the house aside from the whiskey that has been present in my cocktails for the last few. And I'm kind of over it, which is not the whiskey's fault. It's definitely mine. You not um, the whiskey. So I stopped. Sorry. <laughs> That's that's okay. It's hard. It's not something I can do all the time. And it, it's more of a folly. I need it in apple cider kind of drink. So I went and decided I was going to take a leaf out of your book today and go one stop shop margarita because I was craving mm. one. And I went to my grocery store because I had to pick up a few groceries and they have that like build your own six pack section. Yeah. So I saw your one-stop shop and I raised you another laziness level (laughs) and I got a Cayman Jack margarita in a bottle (laughs) with a twist off lid ready. I was just in
0: here being like, how do you raise a laziness level on that? But I stand corrected. That is, that is the way to do it.
1: I don't think you can go any further than those two. But I went there and it's actually, I mean, I don't think it actually has tequila in it because it's a bottled malt beverage, but it is made with lime juice and agave nectar. And for a bottled
0: margarita. We're going 80% here. That's that's the mantra for tonight. So you made your 80%. We are here. We are showing up.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) So what are we talking about? Oh my God. Not even that. I don't even know how to podcast anymore. Should we draw a card?
0: Uh, Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) That's like my favorite part.
1: I'm going to light a little pitch wood because we clearly need an energy reset in
0: this Mm, room. I wish I could smell the pine.
1: Oh, it's so nice.
0: Hmm. Although the
1: last time it was really funny. I was um, smoke cleansing upstairs in the bedroom and the um the stick of pitch I was using, it's a really big one, so it has it's super sappy and it took uh, it had a huge flame and it set off our uh, fire alarms because I wasn't paying attention. And it was really dramatic and did not have the calming effect. Okay, Cheyenne,
0: I think we need an intervention because
1: <laughs> because I light things on fire, would' it surprise <laughs> anyone to know that I lit the candle? that burned on my carpet last episode i lit it it's lit i'm just waiting for it okay to so f- again. for
0: obviously the listeners who don't hang out with us right now in the pandemic world the last few times that cheyenne have, and i have spent time together which has been like three times in probably the last half of a year every single time we've almost burned the house down in some capacity
1: yeah when we were shooting our video promo and taking our photos shale had this cute
0: fake raven <laughs> that i definitely lit on fire yeah, he's, on he's a sad looking raven nowadays and he smells terrible <laughs> <laughs> burnt feathers are not he's, good he's a little sin by a little he's a lot r.i.p raven
1: r.i.p raven okay so in keeping with today's theme of struggle i originally for tonight, I had higher ambitions. I was like, you know what? Today's the day we're going to dive back into the Smith weight. We're going to jumpstart our tarot journey back up. And uh, then I just had a really long work day and all of these things kind of happened. And I got home and was like, I actually need somebody to be nice to me tonight. And I don't need my tarot deck to read me to filth because <laughs> it will. And I know this and you know this. So we are drawing a note from the universe. 80%. 80%. A note from the universe instead. Um, Those of you who have entered our giveaway on Instagram will be familiar with this deck. Um, It is by Mike Dooley. You still have time to enter that giveaway, by the way. So if anybody hasn't, we are so close. I think 10 people away from reaching our goal on Instagram for our giveaway. So
0: share it with you. Also the sweet things that people are saying to each other on that giveaway just warms our freaking heart and that's just that's the kind of energy we need to be spreading right now so thank you to all who have entered the giveaway and said kind things and made someone else's day as a result
1: yes okay so the note from the universe deck is like it'll still check you a little bit usually but in a very nice like friendly cuff on the ear kind of like the cool aunt
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay. Everyone take a deep breath. Just ask for the energy we are meant to call in this week for our collective good. What does everybody listening need reminded of tonight? Okay. Wouldn't it be nice to know, and I do mean really, really know, that everything, absolutely everything, is going to turn out just fine. Like, really fine, outrageously so. You can know this right now, as I do, if you just see yourself right now, as I do, a part of me. Santi, 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 the sun, the moon, and the stars, AKA the universe.
0: Okay, universe. You know. So it's going to be <laughs> fine, which is. That was the message I think all of us need to hear as we're rounding out this horrendous year. Ooh, and that was right
1: we're gonna make it it did rhyme sorry we talked before doing this about not over talking on each other and <laughs> look at me go oh <laughs> uh, I like that one I'm gonna put that aside so I can take a picture of it that we can post on the stories tomorrow because I think that reminder couldn't hurt any no, of us today definitely
0: not Now that
1: we have shown up and done things in the proper order, what are we talking about? We
0: are getting spooky.
1: Yes, we're getting so spooky,
0: really spooky. (laughs) Okay, I was like kind of scary, but that was just straight up horrifying. And I apologize to all of our listeners. (laughs) Dig with us, it'll get better. (laughs) So if that doesn't set the mood, I don't know what will.
1: (laughs) We're telling ghost stories. We are telling scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Which is a direct quote from the song. Oh, God, what song? Why did I just forget the name of this song? Uh, Most Wonderful Time of the Year. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Apologies, listeners. Everyone always comments on how that's such a weird line in that song, and it got us to thinking. Um, So we did a little research, and turns out, telling ghost stories at Yuletide is a very old Christmas tradition. And so we'd like to bring it back. We're sitting by the fire that might light my house. We'll find out. We've got our drinks in hand and we're going to tell some ghost stories. So, telling ghost stories this time of year comes directly from old Celtic, pagan, Norse, German solstice celebrations. So, the solstice is the longest night and the longest amount of darkness of the year, um, which was also believed to be a time when the veil was thinner. And um, that extended period of darkness allowed for greater connection and commune with. Um, with those on the other side, with with ghoulies and ghosties and spookiness. And it only really lost its popularity as a Christmas tradition when Halloween came to the United States uh, way back in the 1800s, which was just an interesting phenomenon. We swapped it so, for a new holiday, created our own weird bastardized version, and then we turned Christmas into a whole different... So place.
0: you're telling me that spookmas... Used to be a thing. Used
1: to be a thing and a thing for everybody. Not just weirdos who <laughs> like... Not just weirdos who can't time. let
0: go of Halloween.
1: <laughs> not just us. Everyone used See, to be we See, we,
0: we were doing Spookmas before it was cool, okay?
1: The original hipster was Charles Dickens, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Charles Dickens is also responsible for Christmas the way we kind of view it now. Christmas really wasn't a thing. Like, you know, people celebrated solstice, but our traditions as we know them here, and, and even as we know them here in America, because we've talked about this before, we've talked about this with Halloween, it's kind of the same with Christmas. If you've eaten in a restaurant here, like, go big or go home might as well be on our now. Seriously. Crust, I think. So... <laughs> Um, Christmas used to really not be that big of a deal. People were not super; it like, wasn't something you were planning for a month in advance or celebrating for multiple days. It was a you know brief time that came and passed about you know reflection and hibernation, you know the end of the harvest. It was kind of more of a a New Year type vibe. Before Dickens decided to bring it into our popular canon, so A Christmas Carol was published in 1843. And A Christmas Carol is a ghost story. It is the OG Christmas ghost story. And Dickens, goth little boy that he was, wrote so many different versions of this story, too. All of his um, stories around that time were, and, and they all involved the supernatural and a man being, you know, redeemed from some ghastly sin by visitations from these other, other realm beings. So I'm going to read to you this quote because I found it very funny Um, (laughs) to kind of set the mood. So whenever five or six English speaking people meet round a fire on Christmas Eve, they start telling each other ghost stories. Humor Jerome K. Jerome wrote in his 1891 collection Told After Supper, nothing satisfies us on Christmas Eve but to hear each other tell authentic anecdotes about specters. It is genial, festive, and we love to muse upon graves, dead bodies, murders, and blood. That's the OG Christmas vibe. That is a vibe
0: I could get behind. I would have loved that at Christmas.
1: So yes, telling ghost stories during winter is a hallowed tradition, a folk custom that stretches back for centuries Families would sit around the fire and while away these long, cold, boring winter nights when you couldn't scroll through Instagram endlessly with stories. What else were you going to do but entertain the other people in your house? And so I just I love that spooks and monsters were um, were ever present. So we're going to bring
0: them back. You know, it's so funny that you bring this up because. When I think back on my favorite memories around Christmas or around the holidays is or like the, it's the fact that I love listening to my family tell stories like it's folks who know my my dad especially know that he is just a phenomenal storyteller and he would just mesmerize a room really really quickly and then he's also a twin so when his brother would get involved too I mean they would just like ping off of each other and that's just, it was so fun to listen to those stories, but that was a culture that we had. And especially for folks who kind of grew up in the country, like myself, <laughs> that's an that's really integral part of the culture is, is to get involved with storytelling, especially when all the families around, we haven't seen each other in a while. But what's so funny is that I feel like almost always at some point we would end up telling spooky stories. I don't know what would lead us to that, but we would eventually get there. And now it's kind of fun to, to learn that this has been a trend, uh, not a transition, a tradition that people have held on to for so long. And it makes me wonder how much of that might've actually been passed down to present day.
1: Oh, for sure. And I, um, I don't know about you, but like the, the thought of that, like coziness, you're all around the fire. You typically, you're all snacking on something. You're just like cozy level 5,000. That's when I want to tell scary stories. That's right. when I want to be scared because I'm surrounded by people who like. Right, get to that safety
0: me. blanket. <laughs> Ghost can attack us in numbers.
1: Yes. Exactly. Strength in numbers <laughs> always. Okay. So let's just, let's dive into it. What, um, I know we both kind of everyone, you know, it's okay. Sorry. Starting over. Ghost stories are something I also feel like everybody has. Like regardless of what level of spook it's at, I feel like everybody has a story that comes to mind. I don't know that I've ever asked somebody to tell me like a creepy story or a ghost story or some encounter and they haven't been able to come right, up with Right,
0: absolutely. So, let's go.
1: Let's do All it. Right. Let's dive so,
0: in. do you have any personal scary stories or ghost stories that you want to share just from Cheyenne's world? So
1: I don't know that I have too many personal ones Um, that are, (laughs) it's funny. I definitely feel like our house in Idaho was haunted, but also I'm the type of person who couldn't go into our like creepy basement cellar without bringing the dog with me. And also making sure all the lights were on. And then also making sure the dog didn't beat me back <laughs> up the stairs. And that I could like oh, run. Goodness. So <laughs> I'm probably convinced. I'm convinced that everywhere I've ever been is haunted. Probably. Um, but our little town that we grew up in. I think has given us some shared ghost stories. And just experiences that are that are funny and might be fun to touch on. And you and I in particular have um, individual stories with the same house, which is an old Forest Service house that was uh, rented out to temporary employees or employees who were you know, new and looking for homes, people on seasonal, whatever. Um, but it had been in the Forest Service for a long, long time, and it's known to be very haunted. So I wonder if you want to set the stage for the Hammond house. Yeah,
0: sure. Um, But before, before we jump into the Hammond house, um, it's interesting that you talk about feeling like every house you've lived in has always been haunted in some capacity. I feel like that's kind of happened more in my adult life where, and I I honestly, I don't know if it's attributed to that original Ouija board that we did together, but ever since I left uh, (laughs) my house, and went to college, even though, and we'll talk about this in a later episode when we can get my brother on, we had already recorded this and it just didn't render very well because my brother was in Italy and that's a whole thing, but that story will be coming. So look for a part two of this hauntings episode where we dive into a really freaky story. Um, but after I left my house in, in, in high school and went to college, I just felt like there was the same energy that would follow me to every single apartment I ever lived in. And I didn't just live in, I mean, I moved apartments every single year in my undergraduate career. So in four years, I moved to four different places. And then I even went to Louisiana for grad school. I went to New Orleans for a year and same kind of thing. And it would always be in the bathroom, which I had like a deep fear of bathrooms, thanks to 2000s horror movies, because bad things always happen. (laughs) thank
1: you why is it always i think it's because we feel like our most
0: vulnerable there i don't know (laughs) but
1: uh it makes me so mad i still cannot look in a mirror in the dark because i had a babysitter when i was in kindergarten who literally made us do bloody mary when i was
0: five
1: And I obviously am still traumatized and haven't let it go because I will close my eyes and run into things if I am in a dark room. I you know, it's so funny you
0: mentioned Bloody Mary because that was one of the most scary things for me as a kid too. And I think it's just one of those things like the kind of like Ouija boards where it was like, you never do that because it's it's horrible what will happen. And so I was always so scared. And I don't think yeah, I ever did it, but I had friends that did. And so then I was always worried that I'd be guilty by association. <laughs> But these, these weird things would happen where I actually felt touched for the first time. And so there was two distinct memories I have of this. And one, I was home alone. My husband was at work and we have a Labrador and he's a typical lab. So if I'm in the kitchen cooking, he is right there, ready for something to hit the floor (laughs) because he's going to scarf it down. And I was making something that had avocados. And anyone who owns a dog knows that avocados are really toxic to dogs. And so I was chopping something up and or I was chopping up an avocado and, and something fell on the floor. Um, and I thought it was a piece of the avocado. And so I had felt him in the kitchen with me the whole time. Like I could have sworn that my dog was at was in the kitchen with me out of the corner of my eye, just felt like he was there. And this thing fell on the floor that I was cooking, and I went to grab it really quickly. And my back was to the outside of the kitchen where I thought my dog was, but I felt him like push up against my back as I knelt down to grab this piece of food as if he was there and exactly what he would do. Like he would be all over me trying to get this food from me. And I went to push him off and felt nothing but air behind me. So I push him away, and there's nothing. And I freeze. And I'm like, what in the actual hell? <laughs> because there was something literally on top of me and I turn around and he's nowhere to be seen. And I go into another, into our bedroom where his dog bed is uh, and he's passed out sound asleep, had never been in the kitchen at all, at all. Yeah. And, and that was one. Uh, time. And then another time. Um, so in, in this apartment we had, we have a, um, a sectional couch. And it was in front of a sliding glass door. And if I was being really lazy, I wouldn't walk around the couch to close the sliding glass door to our balcony. I would just lean from the couch and like power stretch (laughs) the door and (laughs) same kind of thing. I was reaching for the door and it felt like something like pushed on my back again. And as I felt like it literally felt pressure and I did the same thing, went to sweep it off because I thought it was my cat this time or my dog again, trying to kind of like get up on the couch next to me, and I went to push them off, and again, nothing was there, and I'm like, "What in the actual heck?" And so we have wow. this uh, this holistic fair in in the town we live in in Colorado, and
1: damn, anytime anybody joked, I was like, yeah. "No," I shut that down so fast. It's like my kindergarten childhood trauma will not yeah. let you do this, but this, to me this again. This energy
0: that would follow me <laughs> would always make, it would sound like something was like, you know, most, most bathrooms that I had in any apartment, almost all of them had a cabinet right underneath the sink. It wasn't a freestanding sink. And there would always be something that's like banging in there in the middle of the night. Sorry, I'm getting some like margarita salt in my throat, (laughs) but I almost, I always remember that from every single place. And then actually most recently when I moved to Colorado, this was so interesting because The apartment we moved into when we first got here wasn't that old. Um, I think it was built within, I don't know, like my parents' generation, if not sooner than that, but it wasn't like, I don't know. I don't think it was any later than the eighties. I went to a psychic Had I've always wanted to do that. And I'm really, really skeptical, of course, of people who claim to be psychic because, I feel like people could just tell you anything (laughs) and they do enough baiting and whatnot to try and get you to answer a particular way. But this person, I I was explaining to her about this energy that I felt like has followed me to every single place I've lived. And she kind of sat with it for a second. She goes, you know, I think it's a it's a young child energy and he's trying to get your attention because he doesn't know that he's passed on and he doesn't know how else to get attention other than like being mischievous or tapping you on the back or whatever he's doing because he's trying to let you know that he's there and she's like I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of open the doorway for him and encourage him to pass on and as she does this she gets kind of emotional because he's like oh my gosh his family's waiting for him and I was sitting there with her and she's like, she's like, that's what he's needed this whole time is to just be made aware that his family's been waiting for him this whole time. And to this day, I have not had another experience. Like he's gone. I don't feel him around anymore. So yeah. Wow.
1: Oh, that just gave me chills. That was such I a, know. yeah, I it was, it was very that.
0: interesting, but I don't know how this energy got attached to me in the first place. Cause I obviously picked him up somewhere in Idaho, <laughs> but he, he traveled the country with me, <laughs> he he did. Yeah. Cool but sorry, that was like a long t- tangent from the Hammond house, but I just had to, it, it reminded me of it when you were talking about feeling like that in every home you've lived in. <laughs>
1: No, I'm glad you told me that. Well, okay, so that's actually another thing about my feeling of that too. Like I even in this apartment and these are like fairly new apartments. Um but I especially it's usually only when I'm alone, but I do feel like there's always mm. a woman in my peripheral vision downstairs in our living room.
0: Um Brandon, don't listen to this <laughs> Brandon. Get now. Tune out so not now, Brandon. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> but it's never felt, I've never been afraid <laughs> and I'm afraid of everything. Like there's something about that energy or that feeling like where at least in my adulthood, I haven't felt, I haven't felt bothered by it. If that makes sense.
0: Whereas yeah, I, it totally kid, makes sense. And I think, I think people <laughs> like us that are more open to the spiritual realm and more, inviting of it i guess um i think we do start to to realize how thin that veil is between this world and the next and how much we interact with spirits on a day-to-day basis but don't even realize it i do think and maybe it was the same way with you when you were younger but i feel like i was much more sensitive to it as most kids are as a young child and then you have that fear that's taught to you as you grow into an adult. And then when you become an adult and you're trying to like explore that again, it's hard to balance that fear, but also being like, yeah, but I'm also kind of seeing stuff (laughs) once in a while, you know?
1: (laughs) Yes, for sure. Um, No, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it.
0: So back to the Hammond house. So as Cheyenne mentioned, mentioned this house um, was well known by seasonals in our little town and in our little hometown, you know, the Forest Service or natural resources agencies were ones that folks really tended to work for. That was a big part of the economy there. And it's very, very common in a, in a field like that to move around a lot. And uh, you move around to kind of advance your career. So as different positions open up and whatnot, you tend to get uprooted. But part of that too is that these agencies also tend to provide housing for a short period of time until you can get settled down or or whatnot. And so my mom actually stayed in this place for a while after or before my the rest of the family moved in because she got the job, you know, fall semester of high school. It was my freshman year of high school. And so we wanted to kind of finish out that semester before we moved because it'd be much easier than trying to move to a new school halfway through a semester. And so we came in the spring. But in the meantime, she had lived in this house and it was just super well known. Like there was a lot of seasonals that ended up just like sleeping in their car because of the experiences they would have here. And I think one person we heard even only made it a night and then never stepped foot in there again <laughs> and just super scary stuff that happened here. And so story goes that the, the original owner of the house uh, was not he was just not a good person who was very verbally abusive very toxic energy and, um, his wife actually completed suicide in the basement of, of the building. And so it is believed that it's her energy that stays there. And there's just because of the kind of dark energy that she had been accustomed to throughout the entire time that she lived there and like living in an abusive household and whatnot people really think that that contributes to why her energy comes across as so malevolent or depressing or just kind of a dark place. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but that's kind of the backstory to the Hammond house.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a good, um, a good explanation. I think we all, it was never a place that I have actually set foot in, um, I do have an experience there, and we'll get to that. But I just from my dad, who was the you know the ranger on on the neighboring district at the time, always just had these stories about it that everyone would tell. And my dad's a very logical man. I like things do not phase him. And so he would, you know, tell them. and then I would like, not sleep for a week. Because I couldn't stop thinking about it, and he'd, you know, have no idea that this like one-off. Oh yeah, the seasonal guy we had to move because he couldn't stay in the Hammond house. Um, Oh yeah, royally mess with my schedule forever. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so I only knew, you know, stories from from him, and then you know we we talk about growing up in a small town in Idaho as teenagers. You know, you get creative with what you're gonna do. As far as how you spend your time so looking for trouble and exploring all of the supposedly haunted places around our little especially town when you're weirdos like Cheyenne and I
0: house. that are always looking to get a spook thrill of some kind
1: we convinced so many people to go to all I of those know. places <laughs> I
0: almost feel like we should write apology letters <laughs> to people but at the same time they were also looking for a thrill so I don't feel that bad
1: Right, everyone got a cool story, and that's actually what my story with the Hammond House is. Is because I, you know, I knew all of these stories. I was probably trying to impress a boy, and I just remember telling because the people I went to the Hammond House with were not we like my usual haunted haunted house,
0: house crew. <laughs>
1: uh, like they were right, but they were like you know acquaintances. We maybe had a couple of classes together. I don't know how we all ended up in the same truck that night, but we did. And then I was like, oh, I actually have a cool story in a place we could go. Let's go check it out. So I remember it was a, you know, a girlfriend of mine and then like three guys and another girl who I didn't really know that well. And we were in my buddy's truck and was telling the story of the Hammond house. And we went and we parked across the street and my problem, or not my problem, but I also am one of those people though, that like, if I'm telling you this, I need you to react with the appropriate amount of respect. And when you're dealing with yeah. teenage boys, that doesn't necessarily always happen. Um, so we get there and I immediately regret bringing people here because one of them gets out of the truck and he like goes up to the house and peeks in the window. And like, I don't know if people are staying here. If my dad finds out we're doing this, I'm going to be in trouble. Like this was a mistake. Get back here. Cause I'm also a rule follower. Um, <laughs> I don't like. Yeah, we were the goodiest two shoes by now ever. Right. school <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so i convince him to get back in the truck i'm like you cannot do this like this is not okay i remember i'm like lecturing him in the truck and the other boy pulls out like a flashlight like one of those big mag yellow flashlights that everybody's dad has in their basement um pulls out and starts flashing the house and then the flashlight goes out and we see orbs inside the door like just up and down the wall um, for probably a minute to two minutes, it seemed like a really long time. But in that moment, we were all completely silent, completely frozen. And then the flashlight came on again and it completely broke the spell and everybody wow. freaked out. <laughs> and they probably never hung out with me. again. That is just that.
0: like, oof. that gives me chill.
1: So it's it was a very like, you know, third party. We were maybe there all of about 10 minutes total. Um, but I'll, I will never forget that night. It is so burned in my memory. Um, and that house, like I can it all- see the little pine tree shutters, the bushes in the front, like that
0: house is so is funny because in my brain. It was it, like a very cute be. vintagey cottagey type house, but just, you could feel the dark energy around it. And my mom, while she stayed there, she would, and my mom's very much like your dad, where she's just kind of very skeptical of this kind of stuff. She, she questions it for sure. Like, it's not that she doesn't necessarily believe that it could be possible, but definitely is the kind of no BS type when it comes to this kind of thing. And she said that she would go around each night before she went to bed and she would lock every single window and every single door. And like Cheyenne mentioned, they had Pine shutters. So it was like deadbolt locks that locked all of these things, not your typical key turn lock. And the door, I remember, had this huge iron padlock on it. Um, and she would go through meticulously and do all of that. And she moved there pretty close to snowfall. So it was cold. And so obviously you don't want any of the windows or doors open anyway. And she would wake up in the morning and it would just be freezing cold in the house. And she would go around and like every door and window would be opened again on their own. Hmm. And she still stayed there. I would have been like, peace the F out. Yeah. I am gone. <laughs> yeah. I would have been gone, but I, I so have a, a personal story with the Hammond house too, where we were helping her move out. Um, Cause we had just bought a house as a family And we were moving her from there to our new house. And I had a box full of stuff that I was taking out from the living room out on the porch. And we were loading up the truck and my brother was helping with this. And the bag or the box that I had, had like a towel that was hanging out over the top of it. And as I was walking out of the house, something just shoved me like, Pretty much shoved me to the ground. And when I got shoved, I stepped forward to catch myself. And when I did that, I stepped on the towel, which caused me to like fully fall to the ground and drop everything I had. And I sat up (laughs) immediately, just like flaming pissed, and went to turn around to my brother and be like, what the hell? Because he was walking out behind me, but he's standing there with like a deer in headlights with his arms full of stuff like a good 10 feet away from me, not even physically able to have done that, even if he ran up really quickly, shoved me and stepped back. Like there was no way physically by the time I had hit the ground and turned around because I was ready to like kill him. (laughs) And I remember just like doing the same thing that I did kind of in my apartment where I just froze. But at this point, like I just freaking panic, like went into full panic mode, hyperventilating, started crying, just wigged. Cause I had never experienced something like that where I had been like actually shoved by something that I couldn't see. (laughs) And I remember just freaking out. And my mom did that thing where she's like, Oh no, you're fine. Like nothing happened to you. You just stepped on the towel. And I was like, no mom, but I stepped on the towel because something shoved me. But yeah, I mean, it just, it scared the <laughs> ever living crap out of me. And I can remember it clear as a bell, what that felt like. And my brother too, I just remember turning around and it's him looking at me like, what in the heck just happened?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. Correct me. Yes. If oh my gosh. I don't I know why I
0: didn't think about that, that until this second. I remember I just had this flashback. Yes. I just
1: like in my brain, see this. Yeah.
0: Okay. So at the time this was Creepy. early 2000s keep in mind so I had the sickest flip razor phone super thick. oh I loved that thing Hell I yeah, thought it was so freaking was cool jealous. when I got it and now I'm like god what a dinosaur of a piece of technology but it was cool at the time and the picture taking ability was on point clearly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so in the Hammond house <laughs> it had two levels and in the kitchen um after you walk into kind of the mudroom was the kitchen and then it had a stairwell down into the basement and at, me being my typical self i had heard from my mom that this place was haunted and i was super curious and this was a couple of days before we had the moving out experience <laughs> but i was wandering around the house with my little flip phone taking pictures and i stood at the top of the stairs looking down into the basement and i just snapped a picture right there really quickly And and I wish you could see the hand gestures I'm using because I was doing like the one handed like thumb (laughs) that you would never do with an iPhone these days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I took a picture and I was looking at it later that afternoon. And clear as a bell, you can see a woman. So I I remember this picture so clearly. She is facing away from the camera. So it's her back to the camera, but she's kind of starting to, it's almost as if I caught her as she was starting to look back up the stairs at me, which I can't imagine if I had actually caught, like that gives me chills just now thinking about if I had actually caught her looking at me. (laughs) I can
1: see it so perfectly in my head. We were in Mr. Burgess's history class Mm -hmm. when you showed it. And I showed it to a ton of people and I would be like, what do you
0: see in this picture? Because I didn't want them to have like a pre- created idea you know of what what this was and every single time they're like it just looks like a woman in yeah. a basement and i'm like well she wasn't there when i took the photo, so.
1: oh wow 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 i forgot about all of that until this conversation well it's you know to be what fair, that, that photo was
0: my little like 12 seconds of popularity <laughs> in high school because like everybody learned about that picture. Like I had shown it to our friend group, but by the end of the day, I had people that I didn't even talk to in high school on a regular basis. Yeah. Cause it was just so prominent oh, that people could all see, see it. it. There was no doubt in their mind what was in that photo, which is just so crazy because I'd probably be famous now if I had been smart and done something with it and sent it to like travel channel or something. <laughs>
1: I am so upset that I agreed to actually record this at night. Like, thank God Brandon is home. I I don't know if anybody heard me. I got up and put my dog in the room earlier.
0: But yeah, so like in the photo, she's she's just turning to look at me. And you can see the top half of her body. It's a very 1950 like button-up dress. Her hair is in a bun. And you can see like her right shoulder and her arm. And she's definitely making like that movement. Like she's turning back towards me. And the picture was just so freaking clear. And I hate the fact that we just bust through technology so quickly these days.
1: Ugh, creepy. I. It's so funny. I never drove down that street again after that. Or, like, I even remember my mom and I going for, like, we'd go for evening walks all the time. And I would be like, no, we're not walking down this street. You did. Lived, and I would have to there, drive I by
0: every really day that House. I went to go see my ex boyfriend that lived up that road. And every time I pass by it, I'd just get a shudder.
1: <laughs> if I wasn't absolutely, completely terrified. Yeah, I'd I don't say, know. Let's go to the hammer. That place is
0: pretty freaky. <laughs> and. <laughs> Like yeah, talking no, about kind of never, like malicious never spirit energy that we talked about earlier, that place had it, and I, and I think that's pretty common with you know very traumatic endings, right? Yeah,
1: yes. that place oh felt like gosh. that ice cream shop. In okay, Port so Collins.
0: I I the restaurant Same right next door to that place I eat out at all the time. Their food is so good, and we always have to like park right in front of that place, and it looks like the Happy Cheery like we're an ice cream parlor and we're the best. And I'm like, dude, your basement is messed up though.
1: <laughs> so <what>? scary.
0: <sighs> yeah. <Oof. laughs> all right. Tell me another one. So to kind of bring in, um, in our listeners a little bit, cause we know that some of you all are spooky, spooky peeps out there. We picked a couple of the stories that folks sent in. And so we thought it'd be really fun to share these. And so one of the stories I want to start with, um, the person that wrote it in, her name is Kyleen and she is a mom to a beautiful little boy. We're going to call him Jay, but Jay is a little haunted. <laughs> so I'll dive into this story, but she said, ever since I've had Jay, the last two places we have lived, I get chills in his room. So this seems to be a common theme tonight that there's just spir- spirits that are like, Hey, you know what? We're just going to hitch a ride. And we're just not going to go anywhere. Is that Cool. Cool. <laughs> But she said, it started at our last place that we lived at for two years. I'd walk into his room and instantly feel different. I got this incredibly uneasy feeling coming from his closet, so I would always keep it shut and would avoid using it. And I hate the fact that it has to be a closet (laughs) because those are so scary. She said, we've lived in our new place now since March, and his bedroom in our new place still gives me that same feeling. I don't get as uneasy around the closet as in his new room, but I still walk into his room and just feel chilled. Also, her husband or she says, my husband and I have had so many situations of little things going missing around the house. Jay's shoes, little toy parts, etc. We will look everywhere, move furniture, everything, and then we'll just say F it and think whatever it is is lost. And usually within a day or even a few hours, we'll just find whatever was lost sitting in the middle of our living room. We're convinced that we have something that's following us. And then she said, and another thing, sometimes when we put Jay, this story, (laughs) as I start reading it, my, like my eyes start doing that watering thing. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, sometimes when we put Jay in his crib at night for lay down or bedtime with all the lights off and all the animals out of his bedroom, after a few minutes, we will start hearing Jay hysterically laugh it's so dang weird. Like we peek in there and he's just sitting up in the middle of his bed smiling and we'll tell him it's time for sleep and shut the door. And a few minutes later he laughs again. And it's like someone is tickling him, doing something funny, playing with him laugh. And what's interesting is that Jay is not vocal yet. And so it's really interesting that he'll do this in the middle of the night. And then she said, That her and her husband have heard it so many times, and they'll just look at each other and be like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) But she says it's just like the most terrifying thing that 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 will happen. But yeah, that just that wings me out.
1: (laughs) Isn't that funny? That's such a I'm finding myself Mm -hmm. that feels like like your little boy spirit in a way, though. Right. I feel like after the seance, I've been a lot more compassionate towards spirit energy like i feel like i've got a a better just empathy in a way where i'm like right and i I just just think it's interesting because if you
0: think about other cultures particularly (laughs) um more ancient cultures or eastern cultures or even indigenous cultures there's such a connection between the present and the past and the living and the dead and there's such a respect for it and such a a celebration of it and there's such a emphasis on maintaining the connection between the two where in Western culture, it's really interesting that there's just such a disconnect and such a fear around even just death itself. I know we were just having a conversation about this the other day, but it's so interesting how kind of hands off Western culture really is from death. And there's a, there's a fantastic book called, I think it's called like searching for the good death. Isn't that what it's called? Um, what's her, ah, Caitlin, what's her last name? Yeah. Caitlin,
1: Caitlin. Hold we should on. Just start. I don't
0: want to butcher her. Dowdy. Do. Okay. We, we, um, we and I know we were just Dowdy, talking about yeah. this the other day about how there's such a disconnect and how the, our culture is so hands off from death itself. And there's actually a really great book that I read called Searching for the Good Death by Caitlin Dowdy that I just recommend to people so heavily. First of all, if you're not following Caitlin, you absolutely should be because she's an amazing resource, and I've learned so much from her when it comes to practices around burials, (laughs) burial, (laughs) burials, Um, like funerals, and just death in particular. But in this book, she goes around the world and just really looks at how how people perceive death from a cultural perspective. And really it's honestly sad about how, how much we don't connect with those that have passed on or, or how we have such a, a abhorrence almost of death in general. And, and I wish it wasn't that case, but it is funny when we talk about how, how, Much of a lack of respect there is. And and it's sad that it's turned into just a fear-based thing.
1: Mm, Yeah. There's just so much knowledge there that we ignore, whether intentionally or Mm -hmm. not, because of things like fear.
0: And and I don't know if other people feel this way, but I feel like I get a lot of insight from like folks that have been passed on. I I get visits a lot in my dreams. I I don't think I'm somebody who necessarily like hears people frequently. I definitely don't see spirits (laughs) except for like, I think we talked about on the podcast in an earlier episode about when I saw a foot (laughs) move through a room after my grandmother passed. But other than that, I don't really see a whole lot unless it's something like out of the corner of my eye or or something like that. But I do get visited a lot in my dreams by loved ones that have passed on. And I feel like they'll always come at a time where I'm just feeling super stressed or super low, or I I am at a crossroads on something. And I, I don't feel like I can get an answer. And usually they're just pretty freaking blunt, right? Like it's like in, in, present times when people are still living, I feel like there's all those like social dynamics and stuff where they, they're afraid to tell you what you need to hear, but in your dreams, they're just like, you know what? No, this is what you need to hear. And it's probably not going to feel good, but it's what you need. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. I feel that for sure. I definitely dream about past loved ones a lot. Um, or I'll just have, I feel like I just will have Mm -hmm. these memory flashes. Too, where you just like suddenly you see just that moment or that person so clearly in your head and it just kind of finally clicks in right like, oh yeah okay this is what I'm supposed to do got it <laughs> like but it always comes that's the same kind of thing or like I'll have those deja vu moments with people too in a way where like I feel like I'll I'll mm-hmm. dream about a conversation and then we'll have it but yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Dreams are a very powerful and interesting tool because they contain so many, just so many multitudes. And Absolutely. There's so much and we I don't guess where I was kind of going with that is kind of
0: taking it back to the, the Western culture perspective and how we tend to just kind of write stuff like that off and be like, Oh, it's, it's meaningless. It's our subconscious just kind of going into hyperactive drive or whatever. Um, but one of my favorite teachers that I like to learn from is yeah. Asia Suler. She's an amazing herbalist and, and wellness practitioner. And um, I'm taking her intuitive herbal class, which, oh my gosh, is so good. Um, but the the most recent kind of module I just did was on mm-hmm. dreaming. And she brought up a really interesting story that I didn't know, but I don't know if you know this Cheyenne, but um, I guess Harriet Tubman is known for having narcolepsy. And this is something I didn't know about her, but yeah. So I guess it it wasn't like a, um, really genetic form of it. It was actually caused by a slave owner hitting her with a blunt object when she was younger, but it caused, it caused narcolepsy and, and she really attributes her success where she led over 70 people to freedom in the North safely without ever getting caught. And She really contributes a lot of her success to her narcolepsy. And when she would fall asleep, she would actually have kind of an experience where she would leave her body and float above the roots and identify where there might be barriers or where the safest route was. And she really, truly thinks that that is what helped her be so successful in in getting folks to safety, which I just was so fascinated by. It's just incredible. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. But anyway, back to ghosts. (laughs) Yes. I know. It's been really fun tonight. And I think it's part of us is like we get spooked out and then we're like, but let's also talk about the cool parts of dreams. (laughs) Mine's got like a sip left. Also I finished my margarita. So (laughs) all right. So we'll share one more story and then we'll kind of get into ways in which to protect yourself spiritually. From spirit. <laughs> so I have a cousin. So my family—you'll come to find—all yes. of us tend to be pretty freaking haunted. I don't know what it is about us, but it's a thing we have. Um, and this poor cousin—she's not even associated by blood; she's um, a cousin by marriage. But I'm like, well, you join the right family, I guess. <laughs> but um, she has a beautiful little daughter. All right, in her house in Arizona. It yeah. is known for being haunted and she's had a ton of experiences there. Um, and it sounds like her husband uh, had experiences there before she ever moved in. And I think it's haunted by a, a, a soul of a man who had passed on. Um, I don't remember. if She said that he got ill in the house or something like that, but he actually died in the home, but he makes his presence known. And she says, it's not somebody that necessarily feels malicious. It's more of kind of that mischievous, Hey, I still think this is my house kind of energy. Like I don't think he's realized that he's actually passed on kind of a thing. And so similar to Kylie's story that we heard a little bit earlier, she has yeah. seen kind of experiences where things will be moved around in her house and she will look and look and look for it and it'll show up in the most random place. And so an example she provided, I think was her driver's license and she was super frustrated because Let's be honest, going to the DMV sucks and no one wants to have to replace their driver's license when it expires. Nonetheless, when there's not a necessarily need to. (laughs) And so, um, she, she couldn't find it. She looked for three (laughs) weeks, I think she said, and, um, finally was like, all right, I guess I got to order a new one, went through the process of that. And then that afternoon found it just sitting in the middle of the couch. And, um, she said kind of most recently, her daughter will do this thing where when she sees somebody, she'll give this kind of like high pitched squeal and then come running into the room. Like if she sees like the FedEx guy walk by the window or something like that. And she said that they were home, like home, just her and her and her daughter. And it was dark. and And her daughter made that noise and came running into the room. And so she checked her kind of ring cam, like the security system. And there was nobody around she's like she does not make that noise unless she's seen someone and she acted like that she had seen something like down the hallway or somewhere kind of in the house which just like wigs me out (laughs) yeah just randomly just fell off the wall and flew across the floor like the wood trip even if that's something that's you know starting to wear away I don't think it just flies off the freaking wall on its own (laughs) you know it takes a board. But I think she said that same day after something weird like that had happened, the the trimming above her doorway just freaking fell off the wall. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so now
1: that you've sufficiently freaked me out, how do I sleep tonight? What can I do to protect my space and my brain? Are there any reasons I maybe wouldn't want to do any of yeah. these things?
0: So um, um, bring me, we, we bring can me definitely dive into knowledge. herbs first of all. So a couple of herbs that are pretty well known for protection in general, but can also be kind of a booster when it comes to spirit protection as well, is the first one is rosemary. So when it's burned, and, and rosemary it's just an herb that's just wonderful for everything. <laughs> but when it's burned, it actually according to Scott Cunningham emits a super powerful cleansing and purifying vibration. So um, it's kind of smoldered to smoke, to create or to um, rid a place of negativity, especially prior to performing any kind of magic or um, kind of spiritual spaces. And it's actually one of the oldest incenses. So um, before things like incense cones and sticks were made, um, people tended to just burn, herbs loosely as a form of incense. And it's kind of one of my favorite ways to still use incense um, because I feel like you really, truly connect with the herb itself and the energy it emits as you continue to sprinkle it. And it it makes you be a little more in that space, right? Like you can't necessarily have loose herbs and and light them on fire and then like walk away like you can with stick incense. You have to just be a little more cognizant of that um, right. But yeah, it's it's a very beautiful, beautiful way to use herbs. Um, actually, Rowan, which fun fact, my little Labrador that I talked about earlier, his name is Rowan. And also, fun fact, fun fact, the Rowan that I just shouted out this morning or mm-hmm. th- this morning at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> Rowan, I don't know if you knew this, but my Labrador is named Rowan and we need to have a conversation about that, so... <laughs>
1: this morning. we have truly. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we've lived so many lives in the last hour. Dare I say before you move on to Rowan though, is rosemary could rosemary be considered the all-in-one Ooh, that's a good question of the herbal world?
0: I'm just going kind of back and forth between rosemary and lavender it. because those are two of my kind of like all-in-ones, right?
1: Two Swiss army knife herbs. <laughs> I love
0: it. All right, so Rowan, Doesn't um, it? it's cool. when it's planted on a it. grave, okay, actually Rowan. keeps the deceased one from haunting the place. So if you have someone that's passed away that maybe has trouble realizing that they've passed away or tends to keep coming back home for dinner, you can put some Rowan trees on their grave, and it helps kind of keep them rooted there. <laughs> uh, I wish right? I could
1: access Kid Brain as an adult. I mean – in a way where you could, I used to say this about my dog all the time, where my wish, if I could have a genie is to trade places with my dog and experience the right. day fully as my dog, but be able to process it afterwards as a human and like retain all of those memories. It was a very specific what? wish. And I still would probably pick that one, but I kind of feel that same way about this.
0: And it's interesting with, with lavender too. It's kind of the wow, opposite. That's so, so interesting. let's say you want to invoke spirit communication more or want to be able to see spirit. Lavender was traditionally carried around like in your pocket or in a satchel around your neck, especially around t- times like Samhain when the veil tends to be really, really thin. Um, so you can actually have a better chance of seeing spirit. The energetic um, properties of lavender helps enhance that. And then Mugwort, same kind of thing. So for folks who kind of want to enhance, um, especially like psychic ability, especially around the time of dreaming, um, and to, to bring in that openness, um, Mugwort is a really, really great herb for that fair warning. And, and Asia Suler does mention this in her, her dreaming module that I was talking about, but, um, Mugwort does create like very, very, very vivid dreams. So take that with a grain of salt, <laughs> um, and use accordingly, but it can, it can enhance that, but you just might not get very good sleep. (laughs) But as far as protection, um, traditional things like iron tend to be used. You can put iron stakes at the four corners of your home. Um, as far as like keeping things the F out, salt is really good for that. Um, I actually just took a really, really great class from, um, a local teacher here. Her name is Sterling Moon. And she's fantastic. You should follow her on Instagram. Her, uh, her tag is at Sterling Moon Tarot and we'll put her in the show notes as well. Um, but she did a really great class on kind of enhancing your, your tips and tricks for being a better medium. And of course, I'm always interested in learning that. <laughs> um, but that's something that she really talks about uh, pretty frequently is that you really need to use yeah. salt as a way to get rid of anything energetically a kind of common misconception is that things like smoke cleansing is a way of completely ridding energy out of your home, but especially things like sage, um, actually enhance the vibrational energy of anything that's already in the room. So what you're doing is basically dialing up the speaker and putting a microphone on it and elevating it up to like level 10, instead of actually getting rid of something. And and to kind of just tie on that um i think it's really important to talk about smoke cleansing if we're going to be having this conversation because smoke the, the term smudging is actually yes. a very um appropriated term so smudging is a traditional practice sacred to indigenous peoples and it's not something that really unless you come from an indigenous native american line that really we should be using because we don't really understand the sacredness and the ceremony around that. Um, unless of course, I mean, you have been invited into a ceremony like that. That's a little bit different, but otherwise it's, it's becoming something that's very, very commercialized, very help me. Cheyenne, what's the word I'm thinking of not commercialized, but it's very, I mean, I think appropriated
1: is, is the best word
0: And for decades, probably even centuries. I would say, um, Native peoples were were demonized for their sacred practices, right? We for connecting to spirit, for participating in things that were seen pagan. And when we say pagan, it's like with that negative connotation that you know, it was something that was like considered illegal or dark or demonic or whatever. Um, but now is becoming something that is almost like taken over by capitalism and sold, right. So, especially with kind of new agey movements and stuff like that, smudging was something that became very popularized because people see it as a way of ridding things of energy that they don't necessarily want when that's not actually what it's used for. Traditionally, the traditional use is to amplify energy. And then the other issue that comes with that is the use of white sage and particularly wild white sage, because it's another thing that has become overused over harvested and is now endangered um, and is it's an incredibly sacred herb to indigenous peoples. And so the problem with that is now it's something that has become commercialized and and now is something that is really, really hard for um, the folks that it's incredibly sacred and meaningful to, and is now kind of just a new agey thing. And and that's not what it should be. And, And there's so many other things that we can use for smoke cleansing Um, or, or increasing or affecting the energy in our home. Anything from obviously rosemary, as we just talked about to different types of sage. I mean, here in Colorado, you can find sage anywhere. It doesn't have to be white sage. Um, blue sage is super great also, or you can use things like, like Cheyenne's using tonight, um, pitchwood which is also really fun when you find it. It's, it's one of those kind of mountain treasures that I just like lose my mind over when I find a pitchwood stump. It's the greatest thing <laughs> because what's really cool about pitchwood is that it's something that the tree has to die in a certain way for it to occur. So it can't be like chopped down. Um, it's actually where the tree kind of passes away and all of the sap in the tree melts to the bottom of the tree and then um, crystallizes and becomes a resin. And it has to happen in that way for pitchwood to occur. Otherwise the resin like evaporates or it's not existent or it's taken away with the rest of the tree when you chop it down. So it's really kind of a testament to a very natural process of a tree dying, which I think is why it holds so much energy. Or I mean, there's like cedar or juniper. I mean, there's a million things we can use. So we don't necessarily need to use white sage.
1: Well, and I think that's, that's an important reminder for everybody in general appropriation will make you think that there are no alternatives because that's literally capitalism. So like just do a quick Google search. will just bring you so much information. Um, so I think it's important to remember that if anyone is trying to convince you that there is only one
0: one tool one and even even I mean smoke cleansing in and of itself is is not an only tactic that folks can use I mean if you kind of look at your ancestral line it's it's a really fun thing to do is to see what did your ancestors do as a form of affecting energy so I think Cheyenne you said in your Dutch lineage they use sound cleansing with bells right
1: yes, bells. I love bells. Bells are so cute. Bells remind me of fairies. Bells are my kind of magic. They're tinkly and sparkly. And they just, right, but that's just another I, example everybody of gets some so, something they very, very powerful. You may not think one.
0: of as a way to manipulate the energy in a room. And so I think it's it will be a really fun exercise and some homework for our listeners who are interested in this and how they can elevate the negative energy in their house is to look at maybe what did your ancestors do or a culture that you feel really closely aligned with um what what did they do and that that's something that you can really incorporate into your own practice yeah i feel like i was yeah, like that tonight I, that was that, like, I took this class and that class students and students <laughs> I'm like a <laughs> That is something that I think I'm very grateful about the pandemic is, I I feel like I have access to more classes because they've all been shifted online than I would have otherwise that I would normally be required to attend in person. And I mean, you're always going to lose a little bit of like that teacher to student connection, or it's a bummer that you can't like connect with the other people in the classes easily, but to be able to get that much more content that I probably wouldn't be able to access as regularly or even at all. Thank you pandemic for that. Absolutely.
1: Yes, I agree. I like counting our blessings where we see them.
0: I think it does.
1: Well, does that feel like a good place to bring in a perwitchin slip? <sighs> okay. Our perwitchin slip this week. I love this episode because there were moments where I was very <laughs> nervous.
0: And then when I hear ghost stories, I'm like, tell anxious, me more. I turn into like a like, they're about <laughs>
1: And then we like got to talk about dreams and I got to watch you shine in your little herb corner, which I love so much. And I can't wait to bring more of that to our listeners because I learn so much from you all the time. And I am obviously in a very privileged position to be able to always talk to you. I love it so much. And I think it's something
0: that all the time we've spent too long um, being told that we couldn't practice, right? Like a lot of the, the witch trials that occurred were because of people practicing folk medicine and, and stuff like that. And it's something that we have lost a lot. And it's a huge thing that try that draws us back together as a community. And so it's always something that I'm willing to share what I've learned, um, and, and really try to bring back that community aspect of practicing folk medicine. And I think there's a lot of healing in that. Mm. I love that so much.
1: I'm so excited to see where this grows with you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, perwitch and slip. I've gotten on so many tangents today. Your perwitch and slip is if you need to hunker down tonight with an episode of Friends or read a good book or flip through a magazine or take a bubble bath before bed to get your brain in a more cheerful place, feel free. It's important to take care of all of your different facets and all of your energies. Like it's like aftercare, right? Aftercare matters everywhere. (laughs) Aftercare matters, everybody. This is my Cheyenne being your mom moment. Take care of yourself afterwards. Aftercare matters after exercise. It matters after sex. It matters after therapy. It matters after ghost stories. So take care of yourself tonight, however you need to.
0: Cheers to that. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ouija Boards and Midnight Marks. If you're having a witching good time, we hope you'll help us to grow this little coven. You all know it's us against AI in this algorithm eat algorithm world, so please help us out. Please like, rate, and subscribe anywhere you're listening to us. Also, we want to connect with our spooky, Marg-loving friends out there, so please like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Links for those profiles will be in the show notes. And hey, be sure to tell us what you're drinking tonight. We love you all so much, witches. Cheers.